Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Iceberg Recap, your home for Pittsburgh Penguins game recaps and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and the Penguins once again get the victory back-to-back nights. First against the Washington Capitals, their division rival, and second back at home for the first home victory of the 2023-24 season with a 5-2 victory over the Calgary Flames. Overall, this was an odd game for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They started pretty rough, I would say, in the first period. It was all special teams, not to mention. The Penguins went 0-3 on the power play in the first period alone, but they never really got another chance, and I felt like they were building very well on the power play in the first period. A lot of grade-A opportunities. I think the power play is starting to look much more potent, much more like you would expect it to look with four or three. I mean, Latang got bumped to the second unit still. So three future Hall of Famers on that unit. It's starting to look how it's supposed to look. It's starting to look dangerous. The movement is getting a little bit better and the opportunities are coming a little bit more frequently. So Three solid power play opportunities, but as Jacob Markstrom is known to do, he started taking over the game early on, and as we'll see later, the Penguins are finally able to get to him for what seems like the first time in his career. But, you know, the Penguins, while the power play was looking good, they were taking a lot of penalties in that first period, and even at 5-on-5, they didn't have a lot of the opportunities. They were outshot pretty handily by the Calgary Flames in that first period. So they didn't have a good first. Second period was tough for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They didn't look good in the second period either. Thankfully, Alex Nedeljkovic in his Penguins debut looked pretty stout, looked pretty solid from early on and was able to keep them in the game as they were trying to get their legs later in the evening. But so many times in that second period, they were hemmed into their own zone. Uh, They had sloppy zone exits, way too many turnovers in that second period. But thankfully, like I said, Alex Nedeljkovic was on his P's and Q's. Some of his rebound control in that game made me uh, a little nervous. But overall, I thought he had a solid performance for his first game in a Penguins uniform. 34 saves on 36 shots, I should say, uh, at the end of the day and gets the win. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, as we'll see in the score recap coming up here in a second, their stars took over 
once again. Let's get to that goal recap right now. If you're watching us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins, I'll pull the graphic up for you so you can take a look at it as I go through it. First period, like I mentioned, scoreless for the second straight game. Second period, one goal, and that was on the power play. The first time the Penguins penalty kill has given up a power play goal, and that goes to Matt Coronado. The rookie gets his first career NHL goal, assisted by Elias Lindholm and Rasmus Anderson, and that's where this game stood after two periods of play. Like I said, the Penguins hadn't really played their best hockey up to that point, but boy, did they in the first minute of the third period and going forward in that third period. Brian Rust gets his second of the season, assisted by Chris Letang, who took a shot off the end boards, and Rust was able to put it off the back of Markstrom and into the net. Jake Gensel picks up his fourth assist of the season as a secondary on that one. And then just about 20 seconds later, that Riley Smith to Evgeny Malkin connection that I talked about after last night's game, it reared its head again. Riley Smith gets his second goal on a two-on-one with Evgeny Malkin. Malkin gets his fourth goal or fourth assist of the season, excuse me. And Ryan Graves picks up a secondary assist by stepping up in the neutral zone forcing the turnover and getting his first point as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. A little bit later on a set faceoff play, Jake Gensel gets his first of the season, making it 3-1 to for the Pittsburgh Penguins, assisted by Chris Letang and Sidney Crosby, something we have seen oh so often is those three combine on a face-off play to get the Penguins on the board, and they do so in the third period there and extend the lead to 3-1. to one. And then as you like to see, the Penguins continue to put the pressure on Evgeny Malkin, Gets his second goal of the season, assisted by Riley Smith, a beautiful play by Smith to enter the zone, take the attention towards the middle of the ice, and then dish a beautiful backhand pass to Malkin, who just did not miss at that point. 4-1 to one for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was all over but the crying for the Calgary Flames, but they did push back a little bit. Jonathan Huberto gets a goal off of a bounce of Jake Gensel's skate, nothing that Alex Nedeljkovic could do there. Andrew Mangiapane and Noah Hannafin get the assist, and then Brian Rust, Finishes it at the end of the game with an empty net goal. His third goal of the season. Jake Gensel picks up the assist. His fifth already in three games for Jake Gensel. And that's the end of the scoring there. Penguins take it 5-2 to two, like I mentioned at the top of the show. Let's get to my three stars of the game here. Riley Smith, first time he's going to be on this board. He gets the number three star. Talked about him a bit yesterday, and he had another solid performance on Saturday. He was a golden misfit out there with the Vegas Golden Knights. He seems like the missing piece here in Pittsburgh in his first couple of games. First two-point performance as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was a nice one. I mean, the second line, again, was buzzing all around the ice. Him and Malkin continue to build that chemistry, continue to build that rapport, and continue to be impressive here in the early season, and also continues to be a solid PK guy for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, a jack-of-all-trades trades that the Pittsburgh Penguins brought in for for scraps. I think they sent out a third round pick and brought him in because it was a roster dump by the Vegas Golden Knights. Good news for the Pittsburgh Penguins is they're able to benefit on that one. Second star of the game, I'm going Brian Rust. Two more goals tonight, number three on the season. My preseason prediction, the thing I was most bullish on, is that Brian Rust was going to come out and he was going to have a fantastic bounce-back season after a 20-goal year last year where a lot of people said that he struggled in his first year of a massive contract. Second year, I said he's going to have 30 for the first time in his career. He has three in three games. An 82-goal pace, pace, so we're certainly ahead of schedule on that one. But Penn's still using him on the PK a lot this season. That's the one thing I got completely wrong because I thought you bring in a guy like Riley Smith, you bring in basically all of your bottom six guys, they could be the penalty kill guys so Brian Russ can focus on the offensive side of the puck so he can focus on five-on-five play so he can play that power play unit or second power play unit. But 
as of right now, with six minutes and 54 seconds of shorthanded time on ice, he leads all forwards on the Pittsburgh Penguins through three games. So he's just showing that he could be that jack of all trades and it not affect his goal scoring at least three games into the season. Again, that's always the big, you know, the big marker here. Three games into an 82 game season. Some of these things are good starts. Can they build on them? Can they continue to build on what they're seeing here? So Brian Rust, again, the lone holdover from last year's penalty-killing forward group, certainly leading the charge there this season. And the number one star for the second straight game, give it to Gino Machino. He said after the game that, hey, it'd be nice if the season ended tomorrow and I could win the Hart Trophy because he is absolutely on fire. One of the hottest NHL stars playing right now. Momentum carried over from Friday, a four-point night against the Washington Capitals. He follows that up with a terrific performance against the Calgary Flames, getting into it with the key to the door of early. So he was one of the few Penguins that, from the puck drop, he was into this game. Obviously, it was a little chippy all the way around, hence, I think, five minor penalties in that first period. But Evgeny Malkin was doing it the right way. I thought a couple of times he was about to take a uh, another minor penalty when he drew one, especially on that first one of Zadorov. He got up and, and whacked the big guy real hard, but he didn't get the penalty. And there were a couple times in this game where on the broadcast he was getting escorted by the refs, and I thought, oh, did he just take an even-up penalty? And nope, he was just getting escorted by the refs to another area of the ice. He never took that even-up penalty. He never stepped over the line, which is something that, you know, maybe, maybe a sign of growth. For the 37-year-old in his 18th season. But uh, at the same point, he was able to get it going really early. And then that connection between him and Smith just took off in the third period. Combining for two goals in the third. An important third period as the Penguins put up a five spot on the Calgary Flames. Of getting Malkin back-to-back nights as my number one star. Before we go, I have some final thoughts. Last time it was positive. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner. Adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Last night it was about Riley Smith. This game was kind of an ugly game for, for for a game where the Penguins won by a score of 5-2. to two. It was a pretty ugly game for the most point, especially through the first 40 minutes. We're all aware that Jeff Carter is not going to go anywhere. But he's got to do something. Like, he's got to do something good to warrant keeping him in the lineup. And I understand right now, Penguins don't even have a 13th forward on the roster. But at this point, three games into the season, This is when you expected him to be playing his best. You expected him to come out of the gates, give you what he can for the first half of the season, and then you're going to have to deal with it at the end of the season because he'd be 39 years old at that point. He's in a role where he's not supposed to be doing very much, but still, he looked last year like he was cooked. To start this season, he looks cooked again. Hemmed in for a a few shifts in the second period, like I said, the Penguins were a lot in the second period. The fourth line was especially for a couple of extended shifts in that period. And the one time it was about a minute and 45 seconds, fourth line, and I believe it was uh, or it was Chris Letang and Ryan Graves, the defenseman in there, and they could not get the puck out of their zone. And the reason why is because the only player that kept getting clear attempts, they kept getting opportunities to clear the puck, was Jeff Carter. And he fumbled him multiple times. 
That was a horrible shift for Jeff Carter, and it has not been a solid year for him. He had one really good opportunity where it looked like, hey, he, he had all the gas left in the tank that he put into that opportunity, and he missed the net. Like, good job to get the scoring chance. Poor execution by missing one of your only chances of the season so far. He doesn't move his feet very well anymore, and he's always behind the play. I understand he's not going anywhere. You should understand by now that he's not going anywhere. He's on the last year of a contract with a full no-move clause. He can't be sent down. He can't be put on waivers. He can't be bought out. He can't be any of this. The only thing they can do is put him in the press box, and that's obviously not a good allocation of funds, but if you're Kyle Dubas, you're not the person that put the Penguins in this situation, so it's not on you. So you have to come down on Mike Sullivan and say, listen, I'm going to give you another option. At some point, Jeff Carter has to be a healthy scratch this season. He's not now. He probably won't be for the next couple of games, but at some point, you have to hope that Jeff Carter gets healthy scratched or turns it around or becomes somewhat of a contributing member of this team because for almost the entirety of last season, he wasn't, and for the first three games of this season, he isn't. So you have to hope that eventually something clicks either with Sullivan or with Carter, and one way or the other, you need a little bit more production out of that fourth line right wing spot. At the very least, you need him to not be a you know a liability out there, which is what he seems to be early on in this season. But that's going to do it for this one. Up next for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Wednesday night, they have three days off. A nice little break after the start of the season. Three days off, they take on the Detroit Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena on Wednesday night. That game will be broadcast nationally on TNT. So if you don't have TNT, uh, get ready to listen to Steve Mears and Phil Bork on the call. If you do have TNT, I don't remember who calls from. John Forsland, I think, is one of them. But uh, either way, should be another good matchup. The fourth straight game for the Penguins to start the season against a team that wears red. After that, they'll take on the Blues. So at least they'll get a little change of pace in the uniform matchup there. But that's going to do it for this episode of Iceberg Recap. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. 